<laughs> that could that could be the b-roll stuff how <laughs> can you go dark on dark uh, yeah. and then we're wearing black too so you gotta really smile oh, to, to show up oh man but uh well well good morning man and good morning, uh, uh so yeah just, just a couple of ball guys talking and um um, before, before I get rolling, and I love, I love the topic that, I mean, when you wanted to talk about, um, greatness from imperfection, lo- loved it. I mean, just, just how leadership can come from, you know, great leadership can come from really imperfect leaders. Loved it. But before we go there, I got, I got to tell you something I had, um, <laughs> so yesterday, uh, I had, uh, hadn't seen my doctor for a while and, uh, I had to, you know, work on my annual checkup and, and, uh, physical, that sort of thing. And, and so we're doing things remotely since the pandemic. So we're, so we said, okay, well, we'll talk for a bit and then we'll schedule something. We'll send you off for your test and we'll schedule something to come into the office. And so that's great. So we had a good conversation yesterday and, and, uh, so I'm going to go and do my regular testing and then we'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'll schedule a time when we're actually in person. And that's just to kind of minimize the amount of contact that, uh, that we're having. But <laughs> last time I did this and, and, you know, as men get to a certain age, they gotta, they, they gotta regularly do this. So this is kind of a public service announcement for anybody, anybody <laughs> listening. When you get to a certain age, it's, it's, uh, not just a good idea. It's a great idea and you should be doing it to, um, to, to get certain things checked out, you probably would not have normally con- been concerned with at a younger age. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That, that thing called a prostate. Yeah. All right. So let's just let's just spill the beans. So, uh, you know, so I I I went to the office. This this like I said, this is the last time this happened. Went to the office and, um, you know, sit in the waiting room and and the the medical assistant comes up and says, you know, Mr. Pular, yeah, would come follow me and. And the medical assistant walks ahead and I, you know, go down to the, to the office and, and it's just like any other doctor's office. And there's, there's at least a few different rooms and they guide you to the right room and they, and they, they set up the room, right. Make sure that the, you know, that the examination table's got a fresh, you know, there's usually a roll of paper or, or cloth, make sure it's, it's clean. And the doctor's got their notepads and script pads and those kind of things all set up Well, she had gone ahead and done this and then come and got me. And, uh, so I, I, I come back to the room and follow her in and I sit down and, and, and you know what it's like, you go in there, they shut the door and they, they make you sweat it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about what's about to happen. You know, what's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, should I, I, you know, and this is not a, this is not a comfortable thing. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and so they make, make you sweat it out. And so you're looking at, you know, you're reading every, every poster in the room and and you know uh, so i've been kind of looking around just kind of minding my own business and and uh and just kind of waiting for what abouts to happen and uh doctor comes in hi colin hey how you doing how you doing doc good good to see you and uh sits down her computer and and you know starts checking the last time was in and okay great all right so uh we're in for all our tests and yep yep Okay, well, we'll make sure you go for your blood test. Yeah, for sure, I'll go do that. And uh, and says, okay, I guess we got to do uh, we got to do some work here. And then glances over at the table, looks over to the right, 
looks back at me, looks over to the right again, and uh, and said, you came in for a prostate exam, right? And I uh, yeah. She goes, just a minute, you didn't come in for a pap test. I'm like, what? <laughs> so she said, just one minute. So she so she gets up and she goes out and calls the medical assistant back in and uh it's <laughs> it says um you know mr pular yeah you know he's here for his his annual physical right yeah so you know mr pular right yeah and then she points over to the table and the medical assist her face just turns beet red i am so sorry they laid out a, a female examination kit which has different stuff in it <laughs> Now, I didn't really notice that when I came in and because I was looking at the posters, trying not to think about what not that your attention is on that. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't on that. But the moment I realized that, I mean, this could have been a very a completely different kind of physical, you know what I mean? And because uh, there's some there's some tools there. Anyways, we had a good laugh about that. We had a conversation yesterday, and I was assured that you would not be given the other examination. I would not be given the other test. So, um, so we moved on. The, the, the moral of the story is, Kate. <laughs> the moral of the story is, don't worry about that, gentlemen. Guys, go and get the test done. <laughs> you know. I, I, I'm going to just ask the question <laughs> when you realize that <laughs> was it a, yeah, I don't trust you doing this. <laughs> this is not started off. Oh well. man. I thought this is going to be the biggest malpractice suit that this place had ever seen, man. <laughs> you pulled out your cell phone and got your lawyer in speed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so this, we should we should all <laughs> ask first and make certain that they understand so it's good to ask questions it's good yes. to be clear it's good to, it's good to clarify <laughs> oh god no we're at that age where we have to get it done we're, 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 <laughs> That's all there's to Possibly we have to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, do, it doesn't take long and it doesn't have to be the experience I had. It <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god, Colin, I I'm gonna get a camera and just start having it follow you around. <laughs> well, I used to tweet about this when I would go because I was trying to get my you know, get other people to to, hey, listen, I mean, it, yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing, but you need to get it done. Yeah. And uh, I stopped tweeting after that. I just thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> the worst thing about it, I came home and I told my wife about it. She goes, you see what I have to go through? That was... <laughs> no, no oh. sympathy. <laughs> No condolences. Oh man, we got we we. It is so hard to stay on topic. You know the 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 best part about this story, Colin, is this, is that 
now every time you go to a doctor's office, you're going to have to ask, am I here for her? <laughs> Which test am I here for? <laughs> well, yeah. You're going to have to read your requisitions. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, let me reread all of this stuff before we begin. Oh, man. Call with your doctor and confirm now. <laughs> what what do you have in your notes there for me? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, honest mistake, honest mistake, you know, we're not, we're not all perfect, right? So, no, we're not all perfect, but uh, we're not all perfect, so, <laughs> man, yeah, traumatic experience. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, uh, you know, Kavis, you, you, you brought up this, this topic and, and wanted to discuss, um, you know, that this topic of that there's the there's a lot of great leadership that could come out of people that are very imperfect. And, um, you know, we talked a lot, um, in, in other podcasts about, uh, about some of the pressures from societal thinking and, and other influences that kind of put unrealistic expectations on people. And we've seen people become victim of that, whether, uh, some of the effects of them perhaps spending too much time on social media or just seeing the highlight reel of other people <laughs> and expecting that, that's that's an everyday thing and that's the way that their lives should be and if they seem to fall short of that that um they're not worthy and um and and we also end up kind of looking really negatively on on failure we don't reward it <laughs> we tend not to um not like uh angela duckworth's book uh, grit where where you be hey let's let's reward effort and let's let's you know enjoy and appreciate some of the failure because those are the things that set us up for success we seem to just focus on what what we picture as as success and so you know as a result sometimes you're kind of afraid to afraid to leave because we think we got to be polished off before we can do anything and so i mean you've been spending a lot of time talking about this and thinking about this and and um so like why 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 this and you know why do you bring this up I, I really feel that when we start to break down leaders and leadership, one of the things that keep popping up is that I think some people tend to stay away from leadership positions because they think that they are not perfect. They think that they are flawed. They're going to make mistakes. And if I make mistakes, the world's not going to forgive me or the people around me are not going to forgive me. And my leadership is compromised because I make a mistake. And we tend to uh, figure out for ourselves a reason not to do it instead right. of understanding the human element that regardless of the status you have, regardless of the position you have, we're all imperfect and we're all going to make mistakes. And a major part of great leadership is the mistakes that you've made along the way that you've learned from. That's a key component of it. There's no perfect leader and there's no perfect leadership. There's no perfect leadership strategy. There's no perfect culture. The art and science of it is the corrections that are being made that will allow you to be able to assert yourself and assert the leadership as what it should and could be. I, I take the American Civil War and what Abraham Lincoln went through and how many generals 
he had to go through, how many leaders of the Union Army he had to go through until he got to General Grant, the right person at the right time with the right experiences and had made the mistakes that he needed to make and still made mistakes during the course of his leadership as the leader of the Union Army, but was able to course correct and allow themselves a good victory. That to me, Colin, is a sterling example that we tend to put ourselves in the box of having to be perfect and are afraid of making a mistake. Sometimes CEO isolate themselves because they don't want their people to see their flaws. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you know, the, the whole thing around authentic leadership that we're talking about and the authenticity comes from people say being real. Well, being real means you're going to have failure. And, and I've, you know, I've gone through, um, I can speak to personally going through periods where I was really discouraged thinking I'm not polished. I can't talk like that other person can talk. I, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I don't have the answers and I don't know the answers. And uh, that level of discomfort was to the point was paralyzing and often didn't want to risk stepping up because of the fear that, okay, what if I, what if I can't do this perfectly? And, and feeling that I had like the gauntlet of critics <laughs> that were just waiting for me to tear me apart. And believe it or not, there's going to be a gauntlet of critics, but I was, I was thinking too much about and worrying too much about what they were thinking and worrying too much about. And it took so long for me to realize that some of that gauntlet of critics, they couldn't build up the nerve to go and step out and, and do what I was considering doing and trying to lead. And so it's, it's taken me a long time and I, I still get this way, but it's taken me a long time to go, you know what? It's an uncomfortable spot, but I, but I need to do that. And so I need to step out and I got to make mistakes and I got to forgive myself when, when I make those mistakes. And, um, because if you can't forgive yourself, it's going to be tough to get others to do it and, and to, to give you the, the leeway and space to grow from, from those errors. You just can't read from a book and walk out and, Hey, I did the textbook book leadership move here and it just worked perfectly. And, uh, I never have to worry about that again. I got it. I've, I've read it. I, I just carry it my little notepad. And anytime I walk in a situation like that, I'll just pull out the notepad. I'll execute the play and it's over. Right. Yes. It just, it just doesn't happen that way. My grandfather used to always say, don't worry about what other people are going to say and think when you're endeavoring to do what's right. Don't worry about your mistakes. You walk into a room, there are 100 people there. Colin, probably 25 to 30 of them are watching with a critical eye. You're not going to please everyone. And if those people are criticizing you for a mistake you made in an honest fashion, in an effort to do what's right, uh, don't try too hard to please them. Don't try too hard. Let your actions work through that process. The other thing is I'm hoping and praying for the time when people step up to the podium of leadership, they say, I'm not perfect. Just put it out there. I will make mistakes. But on this journey, 
my mistakes will be a lesson and hopefully they're not catastrophic and they're ones that are going to allow us to get to our goals. Put it out there. Don't stand and portray yourself as perfect because that in itself is also a setup for a failure that you may not be able to recover from. We have to be authentic. We have to be what we are, humans. And humans make mistakes. It does not preclude you from being a leader. It does not disqualify you from being a leader because you're a human. I think that's a prerequisite is being human about it. And when we get authentic about it, we let the people who are in our care and who are willing to follow our leadership know that, hey, look, this is going to be a journey. We might have to make some mistakes, especially when we're endeavoring to do something new. And we may need to course correct. Are you on board with that? Yeah, but but what do you say to the issue of we can, you know, you just simply need to turn on any news broadcast, and particularly a political news broadcast. And um, regardless of your political stripe or persuasion, um, you are going to have an official opposition (laughs) that is going to tear apart anything that you've done, thought, said. Uh, yank up stuff from 20 years ago where you, you know, you, you made a, a, a color palette mistake with your clothing or something and continually bring that up. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a fear that people have because they, nobody wants to be embarrassed. And, you know, is there something that somebody has got, is there a switch that you got to flip on in your mind to, to, to deal with that yet at the same time, not become, you know, so hardened that, um, that, that, that you don't have a soft spot for people and, and unwilling to connect with them. Yeah, that's a great question. And I've always said, you have to have a a deaf ear to the noise. Um, We call it thick skin in sports. You got to be able to have uh, almost Uh, short memory or not pay attention. Social media is great. Don't get me wrong. That genie's out of the bottle. It's great. But one of the things that it does is it gives everyone a form for their opinion. And we have to remember that, oh, it's an opinion. And if we listen to it, and a lot of people do, a lot of leaders do, you get absorbed by what an opinion or opinions are. And remember that 100 person in the room, 25, 30 of them are not gonna like you just because you walked in the room. So you already have a probably 25, 30% of the world that are skeptic and against what you're trying to do. So you have to have a focus on what your objectives and goals are and still focus on how you're getting there. The noise around you is the most difficult part of leadership, in my opinion. How do you keep the noise quiet around you? Put yourself in a focused bubble that you can let the noise go. Don't worry about what they say. As long as they're not attacking your character and they're not diminishing your character, uh, this reputation thing, you can always repair that. Um, In my opinion, uh, Dr. King said, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is who you really are, Why your reputation is merely what people think of you. Right. Your focus okay. has to be on that, that character leadership. Most people are not armed with the information you're armed with. They're making 
a decision or a judgment based on peripheral information that they got that may have been manipulated to portray a certain message. So they're not getting all the information. You're not knowing what your political leaders know when they make a decision. And some we can obviously question just like everything else, but they have more information than we do. I, I always say the last thing about this one, Colin, is I think our kids' generation have a better grasp of information gathering in our generation. You said the news. How many of us watch multiple news channels from multiple right. viewpoints? We are tend to be loyal to one avenue of information, our generation and earlier. Whereas the younger generation tend to surf around and find as many different perspectives as possible, and then they form their opinions. If I'm a certain political uh, party, I'm loyal to that one, I'm going to try to find the information that appeased to right. my right. opinion. Yeah. You, you, you raised a, a couple of great points and, and, um, you know, one of the things you just said earlier about, um, you know, I recognize that, Hey, I'm going to make a mistake and let that out, let that out of the bottle right up front. <laughs> you know, that, that, uh, I think I said it on, on one of our previous podcasts that, um, uh, I had a boss that said to me, you know, get used to me telling you I'm, I'm sorry. And so I tried to adopt that too, because I thought, man, that, that really changed my perspective of that person as a leader. And it allowed me to kind of give them room. Uh, as you know, uh, just recently hosted um, Senator Pamela Wallen on, a, uh, on another leadership conference uh, talk, a virtual uh, leadership talk uh, a week or two ago. And she had, I mean, she, just a powerful speaker, um, you know, for, for those that, uh, that are, may not be familiar, it's hard to find a Canadian that's not familiar with Pamela Wallen. Um, you know, she's been a broadcaster, uh, an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur in a business at the time, the thing that she was doing was extremely unique. I don't know if anybody really did what she did in a meaningful way until she was the one who stepped in and, and, and did that. And, went on to be a, a significant um, uh, diplomat and, and handled uh, Canadian-U.S. relations and now working in the Senate. She has her own podcast still today. She, she's been on the corporate boards for um, uh, many corporations, and so it was really cool to be able to get her to, to share for a little bit. Um, she said that, uh, I'm just going to read some notes that I took from her talking the other day. She said, failure is a powerful teacher. And she quoted uh, Izzy Asper, who was the uh, founder of CanWest Global and later became uh, part of it, went to Shaw, actually, um, for, for those who are familiar with Shaw Cable. And, and uh, he said, if at first you don't succeed, welcome to the club. And that was <laughs> not even try, try again, just, just welcome to the club, right? And that, that's just part of that leadership. And then she went on to say that perhaps the mo most important skill is the ability to say, I was wrong, thank you, you were right. And said, this is a tough task, particularly for the boss in any situation. And then she went on to say, gaining a comfort in uncomfortableness. And it was really in the, her opening statements that, that she made those, those things right up front. You know, if you don't first succeed, if, it, if at first you don't succeed, welcome to the club. And, and I, 
so this imperfection and this this greatness and uh, I mean the legacy of of, of Izzy Asper, um, particularly in in Manitoba, is just uh, it's seen everywhere. The business schools named after him, and there's many many things that um, uh, that the the Asper name has been attached to uh, in Canada that that have had significant impact. But this was a person who was not perfect, did not succeed every time they went up to bat. They had failures left, right, and center, but still there was there was greatness and and um um so so the question <laughs> that that came comes afterwards is well um is this just about oh give yourself a break you're going to be you're going to make a mistake or is there some is there some value in being imperfect cavus what like what do you think yeah. no, it's not uh, giving yourself that automatic out it's giving yourself an opportunity to succeed by not stressing and worrying about the failures that you're going to have or the mistakes that you're going to make. If we're measured and we're deliberate about a plan, if we're really thoughtful about the plan and we know the direction and we're planning it out, where we're going to go and how we're going to get there, and there's a mistake or two that are made, it's easy to course correct. That's the responsibility of leadership is having that plan and that strategy of how we're getting there and being able to deliver that message to the culture so that they understand that this is the road we're going to travel. It probably won't be a straight road. It probably will have uh, some construction that we'll have to take a detour. We'll probably go a little farther out than we're probably gonna uh, have to and come back to the main road when we, when we get there. I, I really don't think that it gives you an out. One of the things, Colin, that you were talking, I, 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 about is teachers are probably the, the best examples of leaders. Uh, I am so indebted to my teachers. Uh, arguably some of the most influential people in my life. If I have to list my top 10 most influential people, I'm going to tell you probably 50% or more are going to be my teachers. But one thing yeah. I was taught and my teachers taught in the little schools in South Carolina, rural schools in South Carolina, was confidence and not feeling sorry for yourself and handling adversity. And the world is not going to give you anything. They, they taught us. They taught us this. They taught us how to dust yourself off and pick yourself up and not feel sorry. We sometimes, in my opinion, tend now to soften the blow so much in kids' development. We don't want them to get sick. We don't want them to have the sniffles, which builds their immune system. We don't want them to not come in first place every single time because it's disappointing. So everybody gets a ribbon. <laughs> everyone gets a ribbon. Yeah. And what, what that does is it make us not understand the lessons of failure. It makes us not understand how to course correct because everyone gets a ribbon. And I know a lot of studies have gone into this. I don't want to be dismissive of that. But there's something about the confidence that you gain when you have to look that liar called failure in the eye. It, it, there's, uh, and I'm just going to flip to a page here. And, uh, you know, that, that 
book uh, I just mentioned, uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth, because grit, grit, grit is just, it is an absolute required um, element of, of, of leadership. You've got to develop, you have to develop grit. And, you know, it's really about developing that power of perseverance. To do that, you have to hit stuff that isn't comfortable. And, uh, you know, so, so she quoted here, actually, the, the novelist John Irving, and, um, and says so that to do anything really well, you have to overextend yourself to appreciate that. And doing something over and over again, something that was never natural becomes second nature. And he goes on to, to, to talk about having the, the, the capacity to do something that only through work can you develop that diligence. And that doesn't come overnight. And, you know, it's, it was a, it's a required part of the, uh, of, of developing uh, that grittiness which everybody wants to have, but you can only get that through going and having to persevere through really difficult challenges to having some failures and looking at those failures as a, as a growth opportunity. Say, hey, you put a puzzle in front of somebody and you can't get it the first time. And, you know, one person, they shove the whole thing into the garbage can and say, that's it, I'm done with puzzles. And the other person go, man, this is such an interesting challenge. Like, look what I'm learning through all this. And so they keep at it, right? So their, their perspective changes. So, you know, I, I find what you're saying, just like it just nails it, um, you know, to, to the wall in, in terms of the type of effort that we put in to being sure that we don't look at failure as the end game, that failure is part of the process. And, um, and yeah, it hurts when you're supposed to be the leader and people are looking to you for your leadership. And, you know, you've set a direction that you truly believe is the right direction with the, and you've got the right heart behind it. And along the way, you, 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 you stub your toe and you bang into a wall and you've got to maybe back up and, and, and make another turn. And like you said, suddenly there's a roadblock. Okay. There's going to be some construction here and to keep people engaged along the way that they go, you know what? Yeah, you made a mistake, but we're glad that you're out there doing this, right? And so that's a, it, it's a difficult thing sometimes for people to pick that up early if they've been watching from the sidelines and they've noticed other critics in the room that they're sitting and going, gosh, I don't like how it feels to be criticized, but they have a talent that is needed in the world today. And we need them to step up and say, okay, you know what? I too need to learn that, that 25, 30% of those people in the room who are just going to chuck rocks because that's the only thing they got <laughs> at this point in time um, that, that I'm like, okay, you know what? I can, I can get over that. I could find support I need and, uh, and I could start on this journey. I, I want uh, everyone listening and, and viewing this to understand that we're all designed to build differently. Inherently, a lot of us are, are critics we look at things from a critical eye. And when you sit in a room with many different personalities, leadership too is about managing the personalities that are around you. You have to manage, but don't focus too much attention on the personality that is the ultra pessimist that's going to have the uh, antithesis of everything you say and do uh, as an agenda. The opposition party so it's yeah yeah 
you get off target when you focus on the opposition party. You have to focus on your agenda, your messaging, and the people that are ready to pull with you. And those pulling with you will be a lot stronger if you're explaining how you're going to do it and why you're going to do it, what you're going to do. And, you, you know, ignoring all criticism isn't the wisest thing either because that criticism can help you refine your process, recognize that, yeah, you know what, there are legitimate things here that I may be doing incorrectly or legitimate things where there's an opportunity for me to, to do things better. Yes. And, um, and you know, I, I think, uh, and, I, and I, I just found this uh, um, book by Steve Munby called Imperfect Leadership. And just in, in preparing for today, and, and I thought it was fantastic because uh, he was able to, to, to capture through uh, his research and analysis and came up with the opinion that, frankly, more of us want imperfect leaders. And, and the biggest thing that a, that a leader needs to have is, is, a, is a strong sense of self-awareness to recognize that hey, I'm not perfect and I'm not going to be perfect. Therefore, I'm going to do the things that I need to, to A, improve myself, but B, to find others that can come along in the journey with me who are going to be better at things that I'm going to be. And a great leader does that. They, they try to gather the talent and the skills and the personalities and the perspectives to surround themselves with those because they're more focused on developing a perfect team than being perfect themselves. And so they put their effort into that. And, and so, um, you know, so it, it, it's a, it was a fantastic uh, uh, little, little set of principles that he had pulled together. And um, so, you know, you, you've been a coach, you're used to assembling people and uh, trying to find that where talents build off of one another and, and weaknesses are covered up by someone else's talent and and vice versa so I, I i wonder what you're thinking this is i'm talking about this now because you got this smile on your face like uh, all right you, you just nailed something here man <laughs> that's the grand slam uh hit is surrounding yourself with those people who are going to give you an honest audit of your decisions and your actions always i've always had a veteran coach that has been in the position before me work with me. I, I'm, as you were talking, I was trying to think of a situation where I did not have someone that had already done it before right beside me. And that person or those people, they were charged with telling me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. They were the ones that audited my decisions they were the one that gave me the advice based on their experiences. And that's critically important. A lot of leaders are afraid of having people that have been there, done that in their, in their, in their sphere, because they mm -hmm. think, oh, my, my job security. No, yeah. success yeah. is your job security. And being successful means surround yourself by people that are going to help you get to where you need to go. Well, that, that's a real trap that somebody can get into is in thinking that that they themselves have to be at least portrayed as being 
um, you know, the, the, the perfect leader in a certain, in a situation and that can limit their success because no one person can have all the, all the talents or it, it gets to the point where you're not able to expand the business, grow the operation, uh, when it becomes, when the, the thing that you're doing becomes bigger than yourself, you know, you need to assemble strong people to be able to, to lead. And, and when you're dealing with sophisticated organizations like a, like a sports team, uh, in a, in a professional, uh, office or, uh, we prefer to team sports, but in, in business or in community organizations, the greatness doesn't come out of one individual. The greatness comes out of the fact that you've got a group of people that, um, have varying talents and abilities, like I said, and they've got experiences and most often are stronger at what they do than the leader is. Absolutely. It's leadership to me is a collection of talent. It is a collection of uh, some cases you're going to have to have it be uh, dictatorial, one person. <laughs> more often than not, leadership is more of an oligarchy. A few people put in together, put, put together that are of like mind, different talents, different experiences, which allows the leadership group, the leadership pack to be more impactful because you have these varying experiences and, and knowledge bases. Um, I, I will go back to one of the main experiences I, I had and the example as a young coach was don't be afraid of having strong people around you. This is Ron Lancaster. When I was mm -hmm. a uh, first became a defensive coordinator with him in Hamilton, don't be afraid of having strong people around you because what's that going to teach you is more important and more valuable than not having them around you. You can cut up so many miles by having someone that has already driven that road before and say, no, there's a different way of doing it. And you pick up knowledge that you would have probably had to gain over years because you've had that experience around. So, but that, that takes a lot of humility to, to make that, or it, you need humility, whether it's a lot or a little, you need some humility to be able to say, okay, I guess I'm not the superstar, <laughs> right? I'm not the expert. So, and I am completely okay with, um, with utilizing someone else's expertise. Like, am I, am I negating myself in a process like this? Like, like as the leader, like I, I wonder, and I also know other people wonder if you do that, are you putting yourself at risk? People go, oh, man, they're going to realize they don't even need you. <laughs> no, they need you because you're there. And that's where confidence come into play as well. Humility and confidence uh, can be uh, companions. And this the way you manage and you operate. But you're 100% right, Colin. You need to have a level of humility, but not compromise your confidence as well. If I go in as a 27-year-old defensive coordinator and I have people that are 15, 20 years my senior working with me in a lower position, I have to respect them, not slap them around with my title and my tag, but respect them as they sit at the table for the experience and knowledge that they bring. And when I embrace 
embrace and respect what they bring to the table, 99.9% .9 of the people in the world will probably want to share and help you. It's how you approach people. It's how you make people feel around you. And it's not a weakness that I'm showing humility and I'm showing respect for what you bring to the table. And you tell them that okay. You're, you have something that I don't have. And I would like for you to help me be the best that I can be so that we can achieve what we want to achieve. Man, that's plain and simple. Just the way it's I said, plain and simple. Common sense. It's nothing yeah. sophisticated about figuring out the right things. So why do we overcomplicate it? Like what builds up in what builds up in Colin's mind that he that he will want to overcomplicate this? What builds up in other people's minds? You know, that's one of those ones where you're the smart one in this pair. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would turn that one back over to you. <laughs> in, in regards to that, I would just say from experience and observation, it, it's a combination of many things. But one that stands out to me is sometimes people's ego get in the way of their common sense. Uh, don't, if I'm the CEO, of a company and it's a, a a borderline fortune 500 company it needs to be pushed over the edge and i have the opportunity to find the best cfo the best marketing strategist the best research and development uh, individual and i say no 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 they'll get too much of the credit i'm, I'm going to stay away from them that's that's just they can't take my credit who do they talk about? They talk about the CEO. Yeah, yeah. They don't talk about those people. <laughs> so I've put my ego and what I think in the way of common sense. That's the CEO's company. And the stakeholders are looking to the CEO for direction. The head coach. If I can get the best offensive coordinator, the best defensive coordinator, the best quarterbacks coach, I'm you worried did your about job. Him. I did my job. <laughs> my God. <laughs> and who do they talk about they talk about the head coach well, <laughs> well i think i think you nailed it i think i think there's two big reasons why uh and there's several others but i think the two big reasons is one is your ego gets in the way because you think okay it's my time to shine and so therefore i'm going to make sure that i get all the polish and if somebody else is successful i can't edify them because I can't see how that's going to help me in growing my own ego. The, the, the second thing is, uh, I think is a big thing, is that sometimes people have trouble with control or their fear that they're going to lose control of a situation. And so uh, whether they're actively a controlling person or there's just that fear of losing control because somebody is better. The two are related. Ego and control are certainly related. But... Um, you know, if I were to try to identify it myself, I, I think it's those two big items and they're often fed from, you know, life experiences or observations of other, of other leaders and, um, you know, the desire to want control versus group success. And it limits their, their, it limits them in, in terms of doing something good to doing something great and to do something great. It's gotta be more than just you. So it, you know, it's not you, it's not your title. It's yes, they will, 
you know, when you're the CEO or president of a company or something, uh, when things go well, you get the credit. When things go bad, you get the credit. <laughs> and, and to put an addendum on that, when things go well, share, share, share the spotlight. We, when things are not going well, it's okay to step in front of the bullet. It's okay. Yeah. I think so many people think that that just destroys their opportunities moving forward. The smart people understand that that's a part of leadership. They really do understand that. And, and this may be uh, not necessarily the best example, but I have this image etched in my mind. My mom is a tall woman and she's a very strong individual, both in how she's lived her life and seldom complained. Uh, except to me sometimes, but <laughs> that's only because you bought her a car. <laughs> it didn't have a, didn't have a big enough engine in it, <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> that's, a, that's another story that has gotten me to trouble. But I, I, where we grew up there, we were a community. It wasn't the, the best, but it was our community. And there are some situations where there can be some dangers. And I remember distinctly my wife, my mom, myself being in the yard and what she thought was gunfire, but it was really a car, not her car, passing by that had an exhaust backfire. She instinctively and immediately pushed my wife behind her. She was literally and figuratively willing to take that bullet. And that's the kind of leadership I have already always gotten from her, always willing to step on in front. And my biggest thing about certain leaders that want all the glory, but don't want the criticism or the negative that goes with it, is that what do you gain by not stepping up? What do you gain or what do you lose more importantly by not facing that, you lose the opportunity for a lot of growth, a lot of uh, opportunity for people to see you as that complete leader committed to his or her people. A whole other demonstration of loyalty, a whole other demonstration of it. So, you know what, we got, we got a lot that we could cover today. And I, I could see this going at about four or five other big topics. And um, and by the way, how did you feel when she jumped up in front of your wife and not in front of you? I, mean, <laughs> I, I had my ego was bruised. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, wait a minute, I, I'm your child. Like, <laughs> well. We'll get into that one, but uh, my ego is, <laughs> I love my, my wife. But... My mom's the same way. Jeez, <laughs> 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 wasn't it supposed to be me that you're supposed to be? <laughs> I'm the one that's going to buy you the car. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, Kevin, well, let's, uh, let, let, let's, let's drop off here. We're going to pick this up again. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited about diving deeper in a, in a couple of these other topics. And, um, we, uh, we, we, we should have a couple of guests on here 
and uh, to dive into these uh, these topics because they're they're big ones, and I think I I think listeners are are really going to grow from this. So um, I, I appreciate it, man. Stay bald. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, man. We'll catch you later. <laughs>